Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. I am Conor O'Gara. He is Chris Marler. We're cracking beers. What a weekend it's been. SEC Championship is in the books. We're recording this live from Casa de Marler. Uh, beautiful midtown Atlanta. Not too far from a certain SEC Championship. Um, Marler, the grin on your face says it all. <laughs> the grin on Jalen Hurts' face might say a little bit more. But your overall reaction watching this game told the story for so many people that were wearing crimson on Saturday night. Your thoughts right now just on your overall state of being are what? It was it was unbelievable to to experience it firsthand. And it was it was an incredible game. I I it, ugh, it like I, there's so many emotions that go along with it, and I'm gonna have a hard time putting them all into perspective because y'all know I ain't good with words. Um, a lot of them are tough. I'm gonna try to use as many low syllable ones as possible. It was just it, there were so many things that happened in that game. We said beforehand, you were like, I I just hope for I hope there's a good game. We got it. And I laughed and I said, I don't, because <laughs> I don't. That's not what I wanted. And. Oh my gosh, we got an incredible game. We got it. We got an instant classic. For those of you who somehow didn't miss it, or maybe maybe you're just like overseas and you came back and you're trying to catch up on all things college football, and this is the first place that you decided to look. First of all, if you did that, thank you. Yep. Uh, second of all, you missed a classic, and you should probably go back and watch what went down. Jalen Hurts ends up coming in for Tua Tagovailoa and leading Alabama back from down. Down a touchdown late they were, and then they win this game having scored 21 unanswered points. And it, the script, you, you couldn't write a better one for Alabama. The way that this is all set up with Jalen Hurts in the same exact place against the same exact team doing this in the same building that he was benched last year in the national championship to be able to get that kind of redemption. He was the story of the day, no questions asked. Before we talk about anything, Anything else related to this game, it has to be a tip of the cap to Jalen Hurts and the job that he did to stay poised in that moment where Tua gets his foot stepped on and he leaves this game and for Jalen Hurts to come in and not only do it with his legs, but to pass. But his brain. His beauty. <laughs> it's getting weird. I, so it was, it was, oh my goodness. I, I'm still, I'm still now, now that we're like, I guess going back over it, it's, it's still almost unbelievable that it happened so I, I i go on every friday uh i did throughout the season with uh, our buddy chris gordy in new orleans he's in houston as a show it's a lsu heavy heavy lsu based show go tiger and early ed talks early ed talks oh. i mean this is i'm on i'm on cloud 69 i'm on cloud nine whoa whoa so so they they had we, we he brought it up and he was like you know it'd be the best story here is you know, Jalen Hurts coming in to win this game. And I just started cracking up. I was like, yeah, totally. Jalen's going to come in for Tua. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. And it was just, there were so many moments in that game that he, like, there's so many moments this season. It's crazy to look at where, and, and Bama fans were so bad about this at the start of the year. And talking all, like, just, bah, good riddance. Like, he's... He came out and said those things at uh, first media press conference or whatever it was, like at 8 a in, in the fall, and, and, and people coming after him saying like how he's a prima donna and he said this. Jalen Hurts, his selflessness and perseverance 
that's what saved this game, maybe the season. Hell, I mean, I, I quit walking up the stairs today. I almost quit walking up an escalator. We're never going to know whether or not Bama was going to make the field if they had lost this game. And I, I said that I thought Bama's ticket was punched. That was my opinion, but we'll never know. We're never going to see how this played out. We're going to talk about Georgia and all things playoff um, a little bit later on, but just to kind of to kind of close out some thoughts on, on what Jalen Hurts did, I thought some of the moments in that game that you saw his maturity, you saw why he decided to stay at Alabama to improve as a passer were evident. They were on display. The play where he makes the game-tying touchdown oh on the scramble rollout where 2017 Jalen Hurts runs that ball. You you watched him roll out, and that was in our end zone that we were in, and you saw he had one-on-one. It was him and a safety, and there was zero doubt in my mind that he was tucking that football and running. And when he brought the ball up to shoulder shoulder level, I was like, here comes a pump fake. And he did Way too early. And the ball somehow went out of his hand. And Jerry Judy's arms... Perfectly thrown ball, incredible catch. The catch is probably going to be a little bit overlooked just because yeah. of what Jalen did to it was scramble. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. I just, it's going to be more of it. But just the moments that he had in that game where you realized this is somebody who's improving. This is somebody who is As, learning yeah. how to how to become a more complete quarterback. And he's never going to be the type of player that Tua is. But for him to step up in that game, ironically enough, with Bama down. Right. All the all this all the talk that we've heard and we've you know, I've I've said on many many occasions, if you're gonna have a quarterback when you're down, you want Tua. And Jalen just comes in like like nothing was, you know, like like he had been in this situation a million times. Did before. he come in? He came in on third down no second down. Second down. First play was second down and it was twelve a minutes play. left. Twelve minutes left. But in his first pass that big it was like third and twelve or something like that. Right. So and 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 I, I do want to like kind of get to more of the Georgia stuff with this because I, I don't want to only have the focus be on on Jalen and, and Alabama, all kind of stuff. But, yeah, like to, to speak to what you just said, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of it even from the get-go here, and me talking about the selflessness and the perseverance, and, and, and that's what the whole story's been about. And that's what the narrative will be because it's such an it is an incredible story. Saban even got choked up. He's yeah. so emotional Which made me in the post game. And it was just I mean we've had a long weekend, <laughs> but I mean it was but like outside of the perseverance and we talk about the growth and you talk about his maturation big word. Um, sick brag. Sick brag. So you talk about his maturation, his development as a passer, that might have been the most impressive, incredible thing to see today was not just. Yes, I get it. Like, like him, I don't want to say managing a game as a game manager or anything like that, because and the decision making, but his development as a passer has really, really improved. And there was a slight part of me that thought, and somebody set it up after we were walking out, and they're like, "I hope he stays next year too." And I was like, "And he's of course, this dude was wearing a Tua Tungavailoa oh, jersey, yeah. of like an embroidered legit Tua Tungavailoa, and he was going down the escalator to meet another guy wearing a Tua Tungavailoa jersey." And I was like, "Yeah, I bet you hope he stays." But, like, dude, good for you, one. Stock couldn't be higher if he ends up leaving. I'm not saying this is still good riddance or anything like that, but, wow, what an incredible what an incredible comeback for him. Let us never forget that a certain Conor O'Gara went on the Paul Feinbaum show, and I'll read you the exact quote. I had a couple people that, that brought this out of the woodwork today, uh, that a couple months ago, September 20th, this tweet was dated, uh, from, the Paul, from the official Feinbaum accounts, 
Uh, this was my quote. I've long had the belief that Jalen Hurts is going to quit the team. Nick Saban has come out multiple times and said he's not going to pay attention to the redshirt rule. So if Jalen Hurts plays versus Texas A&M, he's going to have to make a decision. A lot of that was... Okay, all right. Another. This is another horrible counter take. Regardless of what happens with Jalen moving forward, uh, what he did today, Alabama fans will never forget that. And um, just one more thing on him. I was sober. You were sober. I want to throw that out there, so you I'll never sober. forget it either. Yes, this, this is very true. I think Alabama fans are always going to appreciate this, regardless of if he never plays another down for Alabama. That's beside the point. What he yeah. did today, uh, just unbelievable moment for that kid and for that program. Now, and I said, hold on, to be real fair, or not to be real fair, real quick, I said that before the season, and that's what pissed me off so much about Bama fans beforehand. Was and, and I was one of them that said, and I still do think two is the better quarterback. I think you're crazy if you don't think if you don't think that. But if Bama fans that were so quick to dismiss him and just be done with it, and I, I was like, do you think about the Dwayne Haskins just flashed the Heisman? Oh um, boy! No, but like you talk about the the. 26 and 2 record taking to two straight national championships and then people would come back and clap back and be saying like well he lost him that's a special special kid in that program and it it before the season i was like it ha- you have to you have to realize how important this is and wow yeah what a what a stamp he put on on the his his legacy in that program today that game itself uh, oh gosh we're watching so we're watching the big 10 championship right now and did you know that Dwayne Haskins wanted to go to Ohio State when he was like 8 years old and that I mean, um, his dream came true. Or like lame Haskins, boom, roasted. I'm on fire today. I just, I just get fired up because they show that clip every single game. It's I the get worst. fired up when they say stuff like he just, he just flashed the Heisman. He, he literally just flashed the Heisman. Oh gosh. Um, so that's that's part of it with uh, with Tua and this this conversation of what's going to happen now with with him moving forward. Let's, we don't know the severity of the injury necessarily. We don't know. We'll have another. We'll have more time to discuss yeah. the Heisman stuff, whether or not Kyler Murray made the closing the closing argument. I think it's almost better to kind of have a day or two to just process this because I'd like to moment, be a prisoner of the moment, overreact as soon as we can. I mean, we were prisoner of the moment pretty big. Um, by the way, shout out to whoever it was that tweeted at me. Was that the loudest stadium you've ever heard today? Dude, kind of got ripped. On I got ripped. It was, it was a rough day for me on Twitter. I basically just I, I went to just posting videos of you. By day's end, because I figured that was better than anything I could say. Two biggest things I learned from today, and that is, one, don't ever fake a punt when you're in punt safe. Oh, my god. When gosh. the defense is in punt safe. And two, Drake was so right when he brought up the angles thing and nice for what. God dang it, Connor. There's, I mean, there are some good angles we had on those. There are some bad angles. Most of my angles, I think, are bad. We found a sweet spot on a few, and that's... Honestly, so I don't. If we don't have to talk about the game. If we could talk about uh, just different, pers- what's I guess degrees and stuff like that. We want to hold cameras from now on. That's what I'd really like to get into the hard hitting stuff. We did some fun stuff today with Bud Light. Why don't Why don't we talk real briefly about some of the fun stuff we got to do with Bud Light before we talk about all things Georgia, fourth and eleven, fake punt, Justin Fields, all that stuff. So I'm gonna kick this off by saying. Um, how appreciative I am of, of everything that has happened. We got a text from one of my buddies who said, after the game, he said, the year of Marler continues. And, and I, I took a second to think about, about that. And, man, y'all, today we got to go out to the SEC Championship game in my backyard, 1.7 miles door-to-door from the apartment 
to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, get to hang out with Georgia fans, band fans. Thanks to our good friends at Bud Light. You know that we are a podcast that, you, I mean, you know, you've seen my body now. It is fueled on Bud Light. <laughs> that is, it's elbow grease and Bud Light. That's what gets me through things. And my GED, I guess. Anyway, um, no, we, we had a great time with Bud Light. Bud Light, uh, obviously, you want to tailgate and, and drink responsibly for games. But we had such a good time. It's famous amongst friends, as they say. And we just had a blast passing out Bud Lights and, and hanging out with it's the crowd. It was a lot of today. fun. It was, it, was, it was such a good time. And, and everybody, I mean, the, the two just go hand in hand. It, it really was like, it, it, there, was never, there was never a dull moment. I think I had a, I think I had a Bud Light for, in my hand for most of the day. It was that and palm sweat. That was it. You basically did the wedding thing today where, you know how like when you're at a wedding, you never finish a drink? Yeah. It's, that yeah. was you today. <laughs> I look at Connor and he goes, he's like, you, uh. I've had a lot, a lot of beers. I was like, I think I've had about 13 half beers. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's about it. And I'm not great with fractions, but I tell you what it was. I mean, it was a great time. It was a great time. A lot so of fun. yeah, we want to make sure you guys tailgate responsibly, tweet responsibly. But yeah, nothing goes better uh, on, on game days than Bud Light. And Bud Light, uh, Saturdays down south are better with Bud Light. I think we all know that. Yeah, I think Georgia fans drowning their sorrows in some Bud Light. Oh, man. That's so, all right, so just a little bit of background on our situation of, for this game. And if you saw the tweets, um, thank you for following along, by the way. Yeah. We were in essentially like the, what is that, the northeast? Inside of an actual doghouse. <laughs> we it were. Was, it was just us cuddled up under one of Ugga's fat wrinkles. It was, that's basically where we were. Yeah, we were surrounded by almost all Georgia fans exclusively. Just that's, that's where our tickets were. We sat in the 300 level. Uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and it was all Georgia fans. And everything that could have gone wrong down the stretch for, for UGA, you felt it. With all of those it UGA was... fans, it was like they, they were they were kind of waiting for it, and they were waiting for history to repeat itself, and that's what ends up happening. And there, there are a few instances that for Georgia fans, they're, they're going to remember for a long time. That's not just going to be, oh, I'm upset about it this weekend, this week. It's going to be a long time. And the biggest one is obviously that 4th and 11 call that Kirby Smart made to have a fake punt. In that spot, when it's a tie game. Freshman quarterback. And you put in a freshman quarterback to run that game. Justin Fields' usage in this game was it was, it was horrible. I mean, let, let, let's, let's be honest. It was. It was terrible. He had times where Jake Fromm would make a dime, throw an absolute dime on first down or something like that. And right. then you bring in... Justin Fields to run a one-yard, like, what I don't even know, you know, an RPO that goes nowhere. And UGA fans watching, and this isn't an indictment on Justin Fields, and this isn't a knock on him. It's a knock on the call in that spot. Kirby got a little cute. I So I said this going into, first off, we'll get, this, we'll get the humble brag out of the way. And that is, I said on the podcast on Wednesday, the best bet you can make in this game was... Georgia tied or winning at the half with Bama winning outright. And there was a time late in the third or early fourth where I was like, Bama looks beat. I've been watching this long enough where this looks like I, I know what I'm seeing. Bama looks like they're beat. And and I looked at you before the start of the second half, and I was like, I want, this is going to be real interesting. I'm not saying either way how I think it's going to happen so yet. This is going to be a very interesting second half because georgia was getting what it wanted offensively oh my god from looks 
From incredible. Tua awesome. Tua is three of ten for thirty-five yards. We kept showing that they kept showing the passing yards, the passing comparison, and it was it was unbelievable how much better and more efficient From was than than Tua. Yeah. And and he, I mean, and he looked it, it not just like, Tua had a lot of drops, but like it was by far, I mean, head and shoulders above the play of like of Tua. This is what how Jake From looked. He looked incredible. I mean, he made that back door, or that back door, that back. The back shoulder the back throw shoulder to throw, Jeremiah Hallman it was is, incredible. I don't know if there's a player in football that makes a better throw on that on that exact play. It's incredible. I mean, I mean all of football. It's incredible. So, and that's, that might be a prison of the moment thing. But anyway, so I looked at Conrad and said, this is going to be a really interesting second half because you wonder how last year is going to affect Kirby's mindset going yep. into the second half. And how I conservative were they going to get? How much could he possibly overthink situations? Because last year, you're going into halftime, you're up 6-0, you're dominating this team, you're dominating Alabama. They, they were obviously, you know, they had lost to Auburn. They, they were chinks in the armor at that point. However, you're up, you get that late touchdown right before the half. You're yep. up 13-0, and they had to bring in a freshman quarterback who's barely seen the field in anything kind of like meaningful playing time. And we all know what happened in second 26, all that stuff. I honestly, I love Kirby Smart. I think he's a fantastic coach. I think he's, it's not in question. He's the right hire. The people that are upset about where he's at right now, you probably just need a day or two to take a breath on this one. But I I thought he might have been a little bit more mentally tough and and mentally strong than he was today. I was, I was shocked. I, I, that's, that's a poor way to phrase it maybe, but I was shocked to see him break a little bit. Kirby did a lot of things right in this game, though, in that defensively, and you know, Mel Tucker is a candidate at Colorado. As we're recording this, this isn't officially yet. Maybe yeah. this will come out later on. But Mel Tucker did a tremendous job game planning for this game. The UGA defense was really good. I mean, really, really good. good in that first half. For a team that wasn't able to really get a ton of pressure all year, that's been their big Achilles heel, they did things like they had coverage sacks where, you know, the, the the Georgia secondary would just have all you know all these big plays that Bama had been hitting on were covered, and yeah. they they weren't getting those big chunk plays early on. And Kirby did a lot of the things that you would have wanted and would have expected to in that moment. And all of a sudden, everybody's talking about you know Saban's fifteen and zero thing against assistants right. and how that's going to come to an end. And Georgia's up two score you know two touchdowns late in late in the third quarter. And you're thinking, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? And then Saban, master versus apprentice, once again. This has become now, Georgia fans, you could feel it sitting with them. It's now a get-over-the-hump type thing. It's, it's a... It, but it's not a hump. It is... It's... it's. I don't know all the big mountains, like the tall ones. I'm from Stone Mountain, which you can climb in, a, in a, an hour. I... This this is it's it's Kilimanjaro it's it's Everest it's gotten it is I it and I hate to say this and and I'm like I want you I want Georgia fans by the way there's this episode of whatever's on ESPN two is about Shreveport Louisiana so this, oh my I didn't the see mood that. Is, the mood has gone down again so I'm not I want Georgia fans to understand that this is not I I I mean this from the bottom of my heart this is not something I'm being I'm I'm talking trash I'm talking blank I'm trying to be sarcastic or, or condescending. I've never felt worse. I saw it on your face, it too. It was, I like, 
I because because especially the fact that I thought Bama might have been in, and then they're down at halftime. People are talking about like, well, Bama deserve, deserve doesn't deserve to be in if they don't win this game, blah blah. blah. But you could see the breath, like the collective breath, and just like go, just the deflation of energy from Georgia fans. And it was, it, like at first, admittedly, I, it was kind of funny, like on the Josh Jacobs touchdown, the, just the turn of events and the reaction. I've never, ever felt sorry for an opposing fan base walking out of a stadium playing Alabama. Ever. That was a pro Georgia crowd too, you, and you kind of expected you it. You know, yeah, but like you know how I feel about sportsmanship. You know how I'm not I, big like, on it. I have never felt bad for a fan base walking out, and I did today. I, it is, it's like I wanted to just hug every Georgia fan that wasn't barking and spitting. Um, we had some UGA fans behind us who we made good friends with, and yeah. they they were baffled by the fact that I actually I went to this game being neutral, and they assumed that I was a Bama fan just because yeah. I was next to you. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, like yeah. I just inherited this Bama fanness by osmosis. But that's yeah, not well, that's really how it works. That's called diabetes. Uh, I wore a gray shirt sure. today. Um, sick brag. Messed up, dude. And just basically said, "Wow." I think I said, "Wow." Probably over under of 120 wow. times today. Wow. Wow. I, it, wow. It, but it, like it really was one of those things where you're watching it and you're like. I, like I, when Tua went down, I I said, I said to Connor, I go, and that is what we that just sealed Bama's fate getting into the playoff, and and I that's neither here nor there. But it was like, a one touchdown game at that point, right? And, then and you him going out, excuse, like I thought it helped yeah. our favor. If if they would have ended up losing, I just could not believe it. It's like they find new ways to to break. Their hearts, and it was, God, it was tough to watch. So we were talking about this on the walk home. We had a very long 1.7-mile walk home. Some stumble for me. <laughs> and we talked about where this ranks in terms of painful oh, UGA losses. Because last year, second and 26, as we know, shout out to the guy, the Bama fan, who had the second and 26 jersey today that you took a picture with. Yeah. He, was, he was pretty nice. I had no idea what was going on. He, he was absolutely he was hammered. No what was happening. Yeah. So one of his friends ran me down. He goes, you know he has no idea what's going on, right? And I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, we're just taking a picture of something bad's here. Yeah, all good. <laughs> uh, we're not cops. So where this, this loss ranks today is a different kind of deflating for a couple of reasons in that we'll get, we'll get to this later. We'll talk about this more. But just to throw this out there, I do think this is going to prevent UGA from getting into the playoff. And if you're listening to this after the selection show on Sunday, yeah. uh, whatever, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you have that at stake. You have the fact that you finally have, you have saving on the ropes, and your quarterback is balling, and your oh two running God. backs are healthy, and you feel good about your and, defensive and, game plan. And starting to get, the two running backs saying, I didn't mean to cut you off, but they're starting to get rolling a little bit. And yep. you start to see that offensive line flex its muscle and start pushing that, that defensive line around a little bit to where you, you could start to see glimpses of, DeAndre Swift's about to break one. Yep. DeAndre, this it this felt defense like that. is close. It was when it was 28-14, you you looked at it and it was like, oh my God. Bama is not just on its heels, but if there's a sprint backwards, yep. I could I mean I couldn't do it physically. The, the floater that Jake Fromm had oh, to DeAndre Swift God. was that that was beautiful. Is it I, second eleven or is that third down? Is that third and seven? It it was third down. I don't know if if, if a, in the history of in the history of NFL draft film stuff if a swing pass has ever been on one but Man. i i would put that on, on it was Brown's. beautiful it and, was and so and the thing that, that that goes unnoticed about that i'm 
I'm pretty confident. I don't think it was Isaiah Bugs. I want to say it was Raekwon Davis. It would make more sense if it was Isaiah Bugs in coverage. Sure. But I, and Bama doesn't do that a lot, where they'll they'll overload one side and have like an exotic blitz. They did it against Tennessee in 2009. I remember in the the, the Ter- Terrence Cody thing, we had Marcel Darius coming out um, on the edge where he drops back in coverage and covering a tight end. That's basically what Bama did here, where they overloaded one side, they blitz like in front of uh, coming at from, and he looks like you know not to his blind side basically, but he could see it coming, and he just has this little outlet to Swift. And I mean, if it's if it's bugs. He's not a small human. If it's Davis, he's six seven, with two hands in the air coming at you, and it was, it was an incredible pass. What Georgia did today in doing something that nobody else, no other team in college football, just consider this: no other team in college football except UGA since Bama lost in the Iron Bowl, 2017 Iron Bowl, has stayed within three possessions of Bama, and UGA has been the only. UGA twice took him took him down the wire. So well, you, that's you not a moral up victory. The whole thing about Tua. Him not having a single incompletion going in the fourth quarter this year, and he starts off the fourth quarter. Yep. Over three. Yeah. And <sighs> the job that UGA does, so that that makes this 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 current loss painful. Obviously, you have the blown lead late once again. We'll wait for the dust to settle. This is it's still an SEC championship compared to a national championship. So in terms of like, you know, whether or not that was more painful, I think you know, very very few people who aren't caught up in the moment oh would debate otherwise. But. Then you could go back to like, all right, what about 2012 SEC Championship? Aaron Murray, our guy. I, so, I mean, in last year, National Championship is tough. And you look at these teams, and what's frustrating is, and I'm guilty of it, but you look at, you look at Kirby, and we talked about the Peter Burns tweet, and 63 of 85 kids are underclassmen, and all that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll get more to that later, but you, like... I was trying to tell the guys behind us. I was like, this, I mean, this is tur- the wheels of change are in motion. Like you, this is y'all's. Like this is what Bama's doing. I don't know if to the same um, like level, you can see the wheels of change like in motion. Where like I feel like it's about to shift into Georgia being the power of the conference. But my God, like the way these endings have happened. The 2012. You look at this one. It's easier to have the excuse. Like yes, they're up by 14. God, God even saying it is killing me. Yes, they're up by 14 in the second half, late in that, and you get your backup quarterback in. And, you know, this year, like, you're a lot younger, so it's easier to excuse, I want to say. Last year was such a magical run to where you got to go to Notre Dame, and a lot of fans got to witness that firsthand. A lot of UGA fans, that was such a long time coming, they got to witness all of that firsthand. Going Going to South Bend and overtaking that stadium. Going, you know, to the Rose Bowl and beating the Heisman Trophy winner. 2012, I think, still hurts because it's like, at that point, Bama had won two of three. They were undefeated. No, they had lost to A&M. I think that one stings because you know that you would have beat Notre Dame. Yep. And you know that you would have won a national championship. And we're going to meet. Okay, so here's what I think is going to happen with this. I'm uncomfortable. This sucks. We're, we're talking about Clemson's in the playoff, Notre Dame's in the playoff, Bama's in the playoff. Yeah. We know those things are true. As of the time that we're recording this, we do not know who that fourth and final team is. Swear to God. Ohio State celebrating a conference championship. Oklahoma celebrated a conference championship earlier today. And there are still many people, including me, who believe that UGA is one of the four best teams in the country. I think if you watch that game on Saturday, nobody will, will, will disagree with that point. 
but UGA is not getting in, and it's the same thing that I said earlier, that the selection committee is not going to punish Alabama by making it face Georgia again. And we're still talking about the fact that this is a two-loss team without a conference championship. We have never seen a two-loss team make the field, and we have never seen a one-loss Power 5 conference champ get left out of the field. Now, Ohio State, in my opinion, is getting left out of the field. That's what the selection committee tipped its hand to on Tuesday. That's why Oklahoma, which got a better win on, on Saturday, is going to be able to, to scoot into that number four spot. And UGA fans, they are potentially, I think, what's going to happen. We're, my prediction, my very early prediction, is we're going to watch the national championship, and Bama's going to win two games more convincingly than it did on Saturday. And we're going to look back. two teams that aren't as good as who they faced on Saturday. And we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, it would have been fun to see UGA get a shot in the is playoff. And the was word? UGA the number two team? Or, or maybe we'll or look is back. It, or we'll, is it that they deserved? UGA could. Okay, so depending on what happens in New Year's Six, because if, if UGA faces like, what if UGA faces UCF? Is so that, that, is that well, a let's crazy get, let's thought? Let's that in a second. No, it's not. Like, I think it's actually what's going to happen. This is what sucks, and it's, it's first off, like, and I want to I want to backtrack on something here. We just got, I got a tweet from Ken Downer who said I love the SS podcast. I listen to it every week, both episodes. No problem at all with being a big Bama fan, but for you to say I'm trying to sound like a fan, but I'm not worried at all about UGA, just sucked on your part. And he's right. That was wrong about that. I yeah. was definitely wrong. I was, and I apologize. George is one of the four best teams. George is one not, of the four best teams. Not yeah. A question. It's it's like. And it, it, this is not me trying to make a case for them or try to suck up to the fans or, or make it seem like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find the quote from from uh, Kirby after the game and Saban. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a Bama apologist or anything like that because, you know, they, they're just living on borrowed time right now. This is two years in a row this is for happening. I genuinely think and believe, and I think it was put on display today, that Georgia's one of the four best teams. There's no way they're going to get in because Oklahoma well, – I, I, oh, you can't, you can't keep Oklahoma out because they're one losses by three points to Texas. Right. And Ohio State, you can make the case, but like, yeah, screw Ohio State. They lost by four touchdowns to an unranked team again. But, you know, Kirby said after the game, he's like, you asked the coach across the sideline, which, which is one – if it's the four best teams, what are we talking about? Is it the four best teams or not? Because if it, if it is – that's and where that's this what discussion is on, on. And that's that's, that's yeah. what they said repeatedly. It's four best teams. And and he said flat out, he, he said, you asked the coach on the other sideline if he'd want to play us again, because the answer is no. It's a different question. It's a different question. The the question of who is who are the four best teams and who are the four, four most deserving teams. This year, this debate, even though we have such a small window to really talk about this, <sighs> it's going to continue to be debated after this is is all said and done. And it's a fascinating one because you're not necessarily talking about just resume like you're not talking about the fact nobody I haven't really seen people talk about the fact that UGA has four wins against current top 25 teams while Oklahoma has three and so and that you brought this up on the walk home you said it, it, it gets into the whole conversation about resume and eye test and I was like but it's both it's both combined with this one because it is. you could watch this game and see Georgia and you again not trying to be a person in the moment but you're watching this and you're like yeah, the all the eye all the eye tests, yeah, all the eye tests. No I have four of them. Yeah, all the eye tests are being are being passed right now, and that's not in question. But then, like you said, you look at the resume, you take Bama down to the wire again, 
you take you lose to LSU on the road in the toughest environment in college football, and then what do you do after that? You boat race everyone you play. You beat three straight ranked teams. You beat you're, you're saying they've beaten four teams that are ranked in the top twenty five, right? We're in the, the current top, top twenty five. Florida's in the top ten. Correct. Miss uh, they they beat Florida. They beat Kentucky, who's top fifteen. And then who's the other one? Who are the other two? So we had uh, Mizzou counts. Remember, yeah, Mizzou, Mizzou got into the top 25. And deserving. Um, yeah. That's a road game. Right. So, I mean. And so is Kentucky. And so is Kentucky. Yeah. And so Florida was away from home, too. Yeah. So you're the. Oh, Jesus. I mean, what we've been able to see from this Georgia team in the second half of the season, we will not dismiss it. But the reality is, I just don't think the selection committee is going to want to run that back. I, I just don't. don't. And, and that's, that's a frustrating reality for Georgia fans to accept after what they watched on Saturday. It's, so. We're going to continue to talk about whether or not the playoff is... I'm, like, physically distressed over this. I know, you are. I, it's, which is weird it, to but, see But like it, it just, it, like, I, and I told Connor about this, and we're not going to get into it that much, but there's, or at all, but there, there's, there's a reason I've never liked UGA, and it's, like, growing up here, and it's, like, it's, it has a lot to do with sports and just other things, but the, today, again, was one of the worst I've ever felt about watching a Bama win. Like, I, I'm more, my takeaway today was was much less, and we probably should have started with this instead of the Jalen stuff. My takeaway today was much less about, wow, what a resilient, incredible, great comeback from Bama as much as it was, holy blank, that, God, I, I hate, I hate, I hate it for like those. There's so many, so many friends of mine that grew up in this state that are just huge Georgia fans. And you see it, you see it like on their faces and you hear like, I started getting all these texts and like from friends are saying like, I've seen this movie before. I've, I've seen this a million times. And you just, and it happened again. Here's what I will say. You're a Georgia fan, you're looking for silver linings. That, that stat from Peter Burns is a great one to come back no to. No more Imagine Dragon songs. Ooh, that's good. That's yeah. a really good point. That's we didn't it. come up with that earlier. Um, what? You're gonna make it! <laughs> Gosh, between that and the uh, Panic at the Disco song. Oh I, my gosh, they, America is just, there are a few things that have been force-fed in my mouth more besides mashed carrots when I was a baby and then this song, High Hopes. Goodness gracious alive. Ooh, here's a good over-under for you. Uh, David Pollock talking about, um, I, I don't want to say David Pollock is what are, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about... We're not talking about David Pollock's Kirby, legs, which basically look... Yeah, that's pretty good. We won't talk about David Pollock's legs, which if you've ever seen them in person, you know what I'm talking about. They're basically... They look fake. They don't look Do you like part of his body. remember the final episode of The Office? And you know I watched it two days ago. But you remember the final episode of The Office when Stanley came back? And Stanley... Everyone thinks Stanley's such a big grump. But would a grump have made me this? And he's just whittling birds. The bird legs. That yeah. Stanley Whittle, that's, that's David Pollock. Pollock is a, he's a, he's a in-shape pelican. No, that pelican, flamingo. Flamingo, there yeah, you go. I'm not okay. good with birds. Uh, how many times are we going to hear David Pollock in the next day, week, month, year, I don't, I don't care, whatever. How many times are we going to hear him talk about how, is it the four best teams? Is it the four best teams? He what are we talking much, about? What are we talking about here? He huh? pre- I he, mean, because it's four best teams. That was really good. I, that was really good. You, You've yeah. never done a David Pollock invitation before, but that was <laughs> that was spot on. Thanks, Bud Lutt. Um, no, it, it, we're, if you're going to watch the four-hour selection show, thoughts and prayers with you. Is it four hours? Yeah, it's four hours. I, had to watch I don't know why. Three. Why do they do four hours? I think it's only three. I think you're wrong. 
I think it's I think it's four. If I, any excuse for me to skip church tomorrow? Yeah. No, I got a bell choir concert tomorrow night. <laughs> True story. My mom's in Greece, so I I can still skip. I'm good. Um, so the the wrinkles that came out of this game were. Yeah, let's get the uplifting stuff back up. I'm yeah, sorry. let's get the uplifting stuff back up. I'm sorry for to... bumming everybody out. Like, we can talk more about my belt bar stuff. I hope fans again. I hope you guys know I'm not being condescending. I hope some of that was like a good armor on the shoulder. Like, like cheer up, buckaroo. But I love this rivalry, though. I mean, I, I love it. I love it. it it's, so much, it's so much fun. Like, we came away both from that saying... This, this needs to happen more often. I, oh, I want you these said teams that. This, I did not say that. I they, want these Connor teams to like, play every year. Put them in the same division. I was like, shut your mouth. I was rooting for overtime so, so oh, hard. Yeah, so I was hitting the Buffalo Wild Wings button, just sitting God. there. It was so, great. So here's the thing, and and we talk about this in terms of like recent memory, and you don't really get this as much because like you're not from down here. But this is again, I grew up around this. Oh, I'm a Yankee. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> carpetbagger. So Whoa. I grew. Is that bad? You can't, you can't say know. that. Sounds bad. It does sound bad. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, so growing up around here, around in Georgia, watching this, um, we talk a lot about how 2012 and the 2017 national championship. So it's not just those two games. Like the blackout game in 2008, I will still say to this day, that is the game that changed the course of this entire dynasty for Alabama. That was the day that everything turned in like favor of like what Saban was putting into place. That ended up being a close game. It was 41 to 30. No Sean scores that touchdown sprints off the field. I was like, oh, here we go. The year before that they played in Bryant Denny. I was sitting in the end zone watching Mikey Henderson score a touchdown in overtime from Matthew Stafford, 26-23, I think, or 27-23. I don't know. Anyway, so I had to watch it that year. It was 27-24. The last time they played before that, 2013 wasn't close because Bam had a third-string quarterback in. But 2002, you have a last-second field goal from Billy Bennett. This You're talking about five of the last seven games, I think, or maybe four of the last six. I ain't great at math or counting. Fractions. Regardless, that's that are down to the wire. And I mean, like, nail-biting, exciting, and, and fun, man. And, like, fun football, <laughs> fun, friendly environment. It's it's incredible. It really has grown into in quite the rivalry, and it's, it's cool that the state the states stand back to back like a lethal weapon <laughs> photo. Like that's pretty cool too. I think that's one of the things I try to pose like that with like my thumb and my like Wrangler belt loop a lot. Like with with like that's what I want my my engagement pictures to be. Alex says no, but like maybe they're gonna start like back to back instead of like lethal weapons. Be like like Georgia and Alabama. Maybe Drake will make a song about that. We've gone off the rails. Yeah, we've gone off the rails. Uh, real quick, before we have a couple closing thoughts. We're closing already? We're, we're going to be closing, yeah. Oh, it's it's past our bedtime. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, before, a couple, couple last thoughts. Real quick, Ticket City. If you guys are not using Ticket City yet, you're trying to get tickets for bowl games, you're figuring out what your plans are going to be, we're going to find out all the bowl games on Sunday. Maybe we've already found those out, and you're looking for – Way to get some better tickets. All you're gonna do, use that promo code CMBF10. You're gonna get 10% off of your tickets. As you know, we've been doing business with Ticket City for a long time. They're gonna get you the best tickets all the time. All you gotta do is go to TicketCity.com. You're gonna find your game. You're gonna pick out where you wanna go, where you wanna sit, and they are going to hook you up. That's CMBF10, 10% off your tickets now, Ticket City. I think that our, our, what, the way that we're going to look on this season as a whole, it's still trending with, with Bama. It's still trending as the most dominant season we've ever had. For, 
Because I'm broken inside. It's it's still heading in that direction. If Bama completes completes this year and essentially does what they set out to do in 2016, where they end up losing to Clemson in the playoff, there there's there is a case to be made for it, and we'll we'll see if we we get there. But I think for now, our takeaway from this weekend is how in the world do you ever beat Bama? How in the world do they you just ever keep coming? How, it's like. It's I mean you so Connor saw Die Hard for the first time. Yes, we'll thank you. Bury the so lead. It's it's like it's like watching John McClane. No, <laughs> kind of. It's but it was it's they have more lives than a damn cat, which don't make no sense because they're dogs. First off, but they they keep like at the end of any action movie or scary movie when like the killer comes back like one more time. That's Bama, but they really they are the Undertaker gif yep. just. Shooting up out of a casket, gross and past their prime and 50 years old and just eyes rolling the back of their head, can't read. I don't know. Now we've got, I've just, I, I'm so broken inside right now. Since, <laughs> since Bama lost that 2016 game in Clemson, I mean, let's think about this. What are they? 12, they were 12 and 1. No, they were 13 and 1 last year. And they're now 13 and 0 this year, so they're 26 and 1 in that stretch, with the only loss coming at Auburn. That's it. I don't know how a team keeps the foot on the gas in the fourth quarter because I thought there were there were some things that that UGA did right. Georgia had the ball for nine more minutes than Bama did. I thought they were aggressive. I thought Fromm made some big time throws, and there were, I thought there were some moments in that game where you, you just kind of are like, All right, it's just not Bama's day. Yeah. I don't know how, <laughs> how a lot. I guess I guess what I'm so many drop passes. A lot, a lot of drop passes. Okay, but but what you're saying, how do you beat them? Who's, the answer is pretty. The answer is pretty simple. No, hold on, that's not the question. We'll get to that in a second, because because we're not we're not. This podcast is not ending right now. I got some more things to say. There's, how do you beat them? And I'm not saying this to be a dick. How do you beat them? You beat them by making a chip shot field goal with the best kicker in the country. That's a good point. We you, didn't bring that you up. Beat them, you beat them by executing and taking advantage of when you had the opportunity to execute. Because even when you're reeling and you have given up two touchdowns and the game is tied, I tell you what, man, I really like my chances in overtime with the best kicker in the country, even though he missed the first one. I really like my chances with Jake Fromm and how he's playing if they have to go to overtime. And before any of that even happens, I really like my chances of punting Bama deep, even though their punter was not able to. They weren't able to pin him inside the 10-yard line. But even if they happen to go 80 yards, I really like my chances with that defense against Jalen Hurts and making him go 80 yards passing to beat you. That's how you beat Bama. You take advantage of the shortcomings that they give you, and, and, and you have to. Because if you don't, dang. That Jesus. kick that Rodrigo missed, our guy, Hot Rod, not the best day. That would have that would have made it a three score game, right? What? You, yeah, at the time, I think or maybe it was ten points out. Wait, was it? Yeah, it was. Wasn't it twenty fourteen? And then he missed that kick. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, and you were fired up. And I said, I even joked. All right, so that I, mean, I was gonna. I joked. I said it's not a good sign when the happiest you've been all day is after a missed UGA kick. I was happy. Um, I was very happy earlier in the morning. Happiest I was was when my fiance was around. That was good. You covered all your tracks there. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. That was the happiest I was all day. Um, that was, yeah. 
And so, okay, the happiest moment, I don't know if it was him missing the kick or if me yelling out, more like Rodrigo shanking ship, and then and then turning around to the UGA fans, and I was like, that was pretty good. You got it. That was pretty good. And they were like, that, that was fun. They gave you some props. Ah, oh, man. That, but, like, but to answer your question, I don't know if, if and, and you know, like, I know, like, moving on to, like, what you were going to say, which was, I believe, um, who is going to be able to beat Bama? What team can beat Bama? I don't know. But that, the stuff we just listed off, that's how you beat Bama. I mean, when you're talking about a team that has put up just historic numbers on offense and the efficiency they've done it with, and, and, and I tell you what, it's like, think of how many different things. I don't want to say that, because not dismissing or discounting what Georgia did on defense at all. Think of how many opportunities you were given. Two of those two interceptions. First, first multi-interception game of his career. And that doesn't even matter because the whole thing was he was he was a half second late almost the entire day. Those two throws on the one yard line were both where he was a half second. Late. Two interceptions on the one yard line. Yeah. I mean, the fumble into the end zone. Yeah. Which was a good call, by the way. That the, was, oh, the I Josh Jacobs, where he, yeah, he gets possession for a second. Because <laughs> if you watch, but if you watch that game or if you watch that play. <laughs> In real time, I could see why. I saw it in real time. I could see why your brain would trick you into thinking that, but That's, I, I thought that, they made I, the right call. I will say the only the only negative thing I'll say about Georgia fans today was the, the constant griping for calls. Was every time Jalen Hurts got into the open field, we had every Georgia fan around us was was calling for a the hold. Whole time and maybe there were some. I'm sure there was, but not every time a but, quarterback is like free I told you before, the, the first drive of the game. If you're telling me Quinn and Williams just fell asleep for three, for two and a half quarters. My favorite tweet ever. I don't remember who said it, so I apologize if you if you listen. But Quinnen Williams gets held more than a newborn baby, and I oh, mean yeah. that that was. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it was that that being aside, it was it was. There were a lot of opportunities. I don't know if a team like Clemson maybe, where you have a, a offense that can capitalize and more explosive maybe, and I don't know if they had more playmakers. I honestly don't. I thought going into this game they they might have. I don't think they have a secondary to stop them. That's the problem. UGA has the secondary to be able to actually DeAndre stay with Bama. Baker, but this Jerry. was Good this was DeAndre a, Baker and, and Reed, man. They played lights out. They did. I mean, they they played well. I think they would have preferred to avenge second and twenty six with a win. But I, yeah, I agree. But I'm just saying, like, if, in terms of how they played, this was just another reminder. And this is going to sound really cliche and really obvious. You have to play a perfect game to beat Bama. You don't. No, you, you don't. Do. You do. No, you don't. You have to play a perfect game to beat Bama because there, if you leave that door open, if you just leave it open, there's a chance. All right, but and what? Who's gonna play a perfect game against Bama? What I'm, what, what I'll say is this, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not. This is not me hedging, or going back on what I said earlier. This is just gonna be. Oh, Chris, gonna get real with you here for a second. You don't have to play a perfect game. What you do have to do is take advantage of the opportunities you're afforded, and you don't call a fake punt. You, I mean, you don't, you don't have to play a perfect game at all. If if Kirk, if they convert that, let's just let's just throw that out there. Let's just have a little fun with this. They they convert that. Are we talking about it as one of the great ballsy calls it we've seen in college football? It, it, I'm saying if they convert that, we are yes, of we course, are. because we they're, are. So they're, they're near field goal right, range. Right. So is there is there a part of you? And I know this is gonna this is gonna sound a little bit. We're we're reading too far into this, or at least I am. Do you think there's a part of you that is like, maybe Kirby just wanted to show, hey, I can out-coach Saban. 
I can yes, think I think he got in his own head. Yeah, and I and or I like can Kirby do. Dumb. I'm and sorry, I can that was too much. And and he wanted his moment right there at the end of the game with three minutes left. Head. He wanted that moment with three minutes left to be able to say, "I want to, I want to stay in the field. I want to be able to have the final say in how this one goes. You got it last year. You got second in twenty six, and I want my guys on the field to be able to have their moment. This is the, their time, and they're going to close this out. I think that's what that's what drives a decision like that. And and I think that he's a good enough coach to where. I, like he, he said after the game, he said he saw something in, in practice or in film study, and I don't, I don't not believe him at all. I mean, I definitely believe that. It's just that when you go up and you draw, so, and this is where this comes from, by the way. If you're a Bama fan, you'll remember this. When he was under Saban, and it's, it's conservative, this is peak. When he was under Saban, this was peak. It's, you know, great solid defense, good fundamental plays. Sure, the kicking game wasn't great, but it's like you win the game on defense and special teams. You don't go out there and you're not flashing on offense and you don't turn the ball over and all that kind of old, boring stuff. But in every big game, every big game, there was a fake. At the national championship, I think it's they did. Point. They, it's a good point. They, they, ran, a, they ran a fake uh, pass from P.J. Fitzgerald to Drake Kirkpatrick against Texas. They did it, uh, they did it uh, to, in the 2011 national championship against LSU to, uh, I can't remember his name right now, um, tight end. Anyway, so... They did it a lot, and I think it's one of those things where he thought he saw something. And in big games like that, there are moments that that, that kind of stuff where it, it like pops up, and you can take advantage of it. But when you, I, I, I still too right now when you break it down, and this this is going to be second guessed and, and questioned a lot. And, and Kirby Smart is a hell of a football coach, and he's a lot better at most things besides his haircut than I am. And to see him have a freshman in control of, or in charge of making that call. And then to also see on the other side of the field that, that Bama's in punt safe. And on top of that, you're tied. If, if they were up seven, I get it. If yeah, they, yeah. If they're up seven, I get it. Because you're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. You can put the dagger in right now. Yeah. Like, let's end this. Let's go take what's ours. I'm hungry, all right? I want to eat. You want to eat? That wasn't my best. That was from uh, Remember the Titans, right? Yes, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, I can't make that pitch. Anyway, regardless, it just, I, I didn't, uh, he's going to regret that one, and I hate it for him because he's a great coach. But that's that kind of stuff. I mean, do you think, do you think looking back on it, you think Bama won that game? More so? Don't say that. Come on. I hate, <laughs> I hate, you know I hate this. All right, well, More than anything in the world, you, you know that I hate uh, communism and the question, did this team win this game or did this team lose this game? It's both. It's both. Yeah. Every single time it's both. I agree with that. It's not, it's, that's not that my rankings of things I hate. I don't, I don't I mean, I don't like communism, but it's Miller Lite. It's any kind of other hot sauce. It's not Texas Pete. It's people that um, say supposedly with a B. I really don't like that. And people that drink Gatorade think it's healthy. Yeah, that's a good point. Top four. Those are all That's fair. my playoff. Fresh to my inbox right now. Oh, God. You'll love this. You got a big smile on your face. This is a great, it might mean too much. Just fresh after we, we wrap up Championship Saturday, Oklahoma sends out an email. It's everybody in the Football Writers Association of America. It's got Kyler Murray doing the Bo Jackson pose with the, the shoulder pads and the baseball bat. Unprecedented. The case for Kyler Murray. It is a side-by-side comparison of Kyler Murray into a Tungvaloa. 
I don't care. It's got total QBR. It's got total offenses, total offense per game. It's got all of these stats. I've never seen such a direct comparison of one to another. By the way, shout out to Wayne Haskins who did the Heisman pose, and he didn't even make the Oklahoma email. So that kind of sucks. I, I tell you what, I feel like that just wins my argument about him being a system quarterback if he wins the Heisman. I mean, suck it, boom, roasted. <laughs> That's, that's right. going to be a fun topic of discussion. We'll talk about yeah. that uh, more so this week. And also, shout out to, uh, speaking of it might mean too much, shout out to the UGA fans uh, who do the, the painted heads. They, they, they paint Big Dog Ugga. Mike Woods. Yeah, Big Dog Mike Woods. Yeah. They did a game day special on them today, and I got great a guy. great picture with them, uh, or with you with them. Apparently, it takes them two and a half hours to do that. Did you know that? I mean, I've tried to paint my face before. Didn't, didn't turn just, out. I was actually just contouring. Which I will continue to learn how to do now that I've seen those pictures on the internet Gosh. of myself. No, I mean it was it was a lot of fun meeting a lot of people. I got to see a shout out Josh Black. I got to see Josh Black. It's a guy I went to college with. Um, I got to meet a lot of the guys who called themselves Blazer and Laser. That was awesome. That was really good. We got to meet a lot of fun fans. Um, why am I forgetting his name? The Florida fan who called me out. He, he called me out as soon as he walked in the Georgia World Congress Center. God, it's been too long of a day. Anyway, it's he was been there with a long this, day. Hey, you long know weekend. what? Shout out to Tennessee fans for oddly and awkwardly showing up today. That was weird as blank. Somebody said, well, somebody asked. They, they get to go to a championship game. They got to go sometime, right? Oh, yeah, and I, I felt bad because that guy said it, and I had zoomed in on the Tennessee fan filming it and then oh. tried to pan it to him, so I was like up in his nose hair when he said it. But yeah, it was, it was great. Anybody that we ran into today, it was, it was really it was so much fun. Great day. Great weekend, um, sports and social on Friday night. We're going to have that Q&A. Uh, if you missed it, if you didn't get a chance to be there, you want to listen to it, we're going to have that coming out this week. We're going to have a video coming out for everything that we got to do in Atlanta on Friday night. It's been a really, really fun weekend. I am heading back to Orlando in like eight hours, seven hours, something like that. I'm going to put on the biggest pair of sweatpants and then my eating sweatshirt I told you about. Yeah, it still weirds me out that you have an eating sweatshirt. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, I get, I respect it. I think after today, everyone saw why. Yeah, I, I'm not allowed to eat any more Chick Fil A because I've, I've had Chick Fil A like three times since I've been here. <laughs> One of my first genuine reactions as we were walking out, I was like, God, I'm gonna drink and eat my feelings so much tonight. Yeah, not that surprised. was real. But no, thank you so much, guys, for those. Yes, good to see for y'all today, and, and um, thank y'all for following along too. Yeah, man. The year of Marler continues. The year of Marler continues. <laughs> I love it. We're gonna have, we'll have a full Ed talks for you too yeah. uh, on Wednesday. Uh, he's he couldn't make the trip. He's out on the road recruiting. Um, we'll, we'll get to him on Wednesday, and like I said, we'll have hopefully. I think that's gonna the Q and A is gonna come out maybe on Tuesday. That's the tentative plan. But um, yeah, so I guess live from the ATL, beautiful mid town. Yeah. So I, I will say this: Ed did send one little snippet. Oh. And he's yeah, apparently he's jumping on the bandwagon just for just for the playoffs. He said. He, he sent me his, uh, his intro Coach song. O. Coach yeah, o. Coach O sent me his intro song. Excited to hear it. Dump, 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 dump. In the eye of the tiger is the thrill of the sight. See, he said, he said, tiger. Not tiger. Tiger. Roll tiger. Right, now you don't know what to say. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, guys. Talk to you Wednesday.